Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. So today we're starting with something new. And, and, um, but before I'm going to give you the, the theme of our new series, um, I'm going to start out with a bit of a story. It's a story of a man called Steve Jobs. How many of you know Steve Jobs? I know it's like, ah, not again. I mean, can't believe. Now, we all know his story. But I want to use a part of that this this morning to to bring us to a place to understand where I'm going with this series. So Steve Jobs started in his garage with a man called Steve Wozniak. And they, together, as a, him as a business entrepreneur and Wozniak as a software wizard, started a company called Apple. And, they, and a lot of stuff happened, but a long story short, they started Apple. And Apple had it have, and still have a tremendous impact worldwide still today. Now, there's an article somebody wrote about him that says the following. It says, Steve Jobs' impact the world, con- Steve Jobs's impact the world on the world continues today through his accomplishments in in technology, innovation, product development, and while at the helm of Apple, Jobs led the company in developing groundbreaking products, including the iPod, the iPhone, the the iPad. And Jobs founded the next computer company, which developed an operating system that Apple eventually acquired to boost his personal computers. Then later, Jobs successfully bought and turned Pixar into a leader in animated feature films, eventually selling the company to Disney, back to Disney, for about $7.4 billion. And as the initial creator of upscale and user-friendly technology, Steve Jobs' accomplishments continue to have a profound effect still today. Now, we all know that. It still have. Every second hand you see as an iPhone or this or the products has just gone boom through the ages. Now it's amazing what impact one man can make. Think about it. One man made an impact that has an effect on the world for years and years and years and years to come. We believe that. It's such a strong product. He's just one of many individuals with stories like that. But for me, looking at these stories, as we can see how human beings has just created to make an impact. Think about it. We are created to make an impact. You might not think about yourself that way, but God has created you to make an impact. You see, it makes me think of what impact should our lives make while we're here on earth. If I read stories like these and stories of men and women, I think, Lord, but what impact is my life making? If I die one day, what can I say? Wow, that's the impact I left. On the, on the world. Maybe you're sitting here and saying, mm, I'm not called to do that. I'm just here to live my life and it's good. I don't have to be impactful. Come on, there is people who feel like that and, and many feel like, I've, don't sign me up for that. I just want to live my life and do that. But I've got news for you. And the news is that, sorry for you, God just created you that way. He created you to make impact. If you want to or not, it is part of your DNA. It's part of who you are. It's part of what God's plan for your life. You see, if we as believers will not make an impact on the world, guess what? The world will make an impact on you. So whatever other side you wanted, I'd rather have an impact as a godly impact on the world than the world having an impact on me. 
That's why I always say, if you don't get someone, if, you, if you're not discipled by someone, guess what? The world will disciple you. But if you look further at Steve Jobs' life, and what kind of impact did he really make? Now, when he died, and we know he passed away with um, cancer, and, um, but there were many posts and articles written about his spirituality. Why? Because he was a devout Buddhist. And people wrote all these stories and articles. There was even a famous cartoon that came out. There was a lot of cartoons, but there was this famous cartoon of um, Steve Jobs coming to the pearly gates of heaven and St. Peter was flipping through the book of life and he couldn't find his name and he had his iPhone and he said, um, hey, I've got an app for that. <laughs> <laughs> and it might be funny for us, but think about it. How do we look at people that might impact on this world? Now, Jesus, over 2,000 years ago, look what he said. John 14, verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. We all know that. So how can we as believers show the non-believing world, and it's growing rapidly, unfortunately, and, and, and we, we see that daily, how can we show the non-believing world where the true power and the impact lie? How can we do that? One man wrote this right after the death of Steve Jobs, and he said the following. It's not on there. It says, I agree that Steve Jobs made an impact on the world today, upon the world and many others, and sympathies to his family and friends. But, oh, how I wish that someone would say that Jesus made an even bigger impact on the world. No one can even, that, that no one can even compare to Steve Jobs, that Jesus made the ultimate impact on this world, and how quick we come to a place where we look at men and women, which is incredible, but they just had the DNA of God, made an impact, but Jesus came as God and man, and he made an impact on this world that is unfathomable, undescribable. So the theme of my series this morning is the following, it's volcano, the power to make an impact. Now, our core scripture for the series is the following. It's, it's 1, John, 1 John 4, verse 4, and we're going to use this scripture in the, last, in the next few weeks, and it says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is so much more greater than anything in this world. All the darkness, all the issues in this world, he who is in you is greater than everything combined together. I mean, that is just blows your mind right there. Now, a week ago I sat, and we were just going into this prayer and fast, and I sat with the Lord, and I said, Lord, I need direction through this fast. I said, where, where are we going? Where are we going? I want you to tell me and show me, Lord, we want to do what you want to do, and can you speak to me? And, and I, I literally just finished that prayer, and God immediately showed me a volcano. And He started speaking to me about this, and I immediately went to the internet and I started reading up on volcanoes. And, and it really amazed me how powerful these things are. And, and if you look at it, uh, and, and, and I want to look at a few interesting facts, and then I'll show you what the significance for us as a church and believers is for this time. So the facts is the following it's not on there. A volcano is a mountain that opens downwards to a pool of molten rock. And below the surface of the earth, all of it, and when the pressure builds up, it erupts. 
Old news. Okay, we all know that. But when it erupts, it can have a danger zone of about 30 kilometers. So when Stellenbosch, if it were uh, next to a volcano, we would be in trouble. 30 kilometers is a danger zone, so that means a kill zone. But did you know that, that the impact of a volcano stretches to about 160 kilometers on the environment? So the impact of a volcano on the environment is incredible. It's massive. And I started reading these things. I, I read, I said, an, erup uh, an erupting volcano can trigger, what, tsunamis? Flash floods, earthquakes, mud flows, rock falls. And more than 80% of the Earth's surface is volcanic in origin. The seafloor and some mountains were formed by countless volcanic eruptions. 80%. And there's still about 500 active volcanoes in the world today. 500. And we're not counting the ones under the sea that we don't know about. But the, the, biggest, and the, the, the biggest volcanoes is actually under the sea. But this actually caught me. The sound of a volcano erupting goes from a quiet hissing sound to an explosive boom. And that explosive boom can cause hearing loss in a moment, and it can break glass and shatter things. The sound of an erupting volcano, that booming sound. And I read this and I thought, Lord, what are you saying? This is incredible, but what is the significance for us? And God said to me, very very clearly. He said, he needs time to move a generation from passivity to eruption. It's time to move a generation that is used to be passive to a place where they erupt for me. When their lives erupt and break open with my power and my presence, they will impact everything around them. Isn't that powerful? I started writing... You see, when we let God erupt through and from our lives, the impact is much greater than Steve Jobs can ever dream of. When we let God erupt through us. See, it's time for Christians, followers of Jesus, to have an impact that is greater than they know they have and they can do. It is time for devoted believers of God. Come on, devoted believers of God. To let the power of the God touch a generation through their lives. I don't know about you. I don't want to die one day and know that I lived in a generation with all these issues and I never made an impact. I never made an impact. I want to make an impact. But I still first need to get to a place where I know that I actually can. You can make an impact on this generation no matter if you're 75 or 25 or 15 or 55, no matter where you are, you can make an impact. Colonel Saunders, KFC, took his pension money that was not enough and he started a little company that his generation upon generation upon generation will live from the income and the impact that he made because he didn't stay back. Go and read his story. It's time. You see, so many Christians is like passive volcanoes, enjoying God. Man, it's lacking like in church. Whoa. I mean, I'm blossoming. Look at the nice green grass around me. I bear fruit every now and then. It's, it's awesome. It's very nice. But, but all we see is a little bit of smoke, smoke on top of that little volcano. I'm quite happy where I'm at. 
You see, people come to church and they're involved in community, but they never truly see and experience what God has given them as believers. I've got a passion to help people to see that God has given me something much greater than just be passive in my Christianity, but to be active and to do what God has called me to do. But Henny, you don't know how much I have to stand in faith for at the moment. It's hectic. It's hectic, man. I don't have time to, to think about impact stuff. I just want to keep my head above water, Henny. The challenges are real in my life. Am I the only one? Henny, I don't have time to make impact. I just want to survive. And when Jesus was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit, right after he was baptized, remember? He was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit. And in the desert, he wasn't led into the desert to be tempted. When he was in the desert and tired, the enemy came and tempted him. We need to get that quite straight. The Holy Spirit wanted to spend time with him alone because he knew he was stepping into a place where he needed more of him. And in his weakest and toughest time in his life, the enemy came and tempted him. And he was victorious. Why? Because he knew where his authority was. He knew what God had called him to be. But I, what I love the most about that story of the wilderness and Jesus being tempted was the verse right after that in this, is Luke 4 verse 14. Verse 13 was the last time he saw Satan go away from me. And then verse 14, you can show it to us. It says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole reason, region. Isn't that powerful? No matter what the world throws at your way, no matter how tired you are, how challenges you've got, man, how much the devil come and tempt you, something so much greater is boiling on the inside of you. It's luring on the inside of us, waiting to erupt through your life. Are you ready for it? God want to do something, something through your life. See, we receive authority and power because of what Jesus did on the cross. Why? Because Jesus wanted us to make an impact on this world. He could have stayed, died on the cross, raised from the dead, and then live among us as king, and then we would be fine. No, no, but he went because he wanted us to rule and to make an impact on his life. To bring the kingdom, to advance the kingdom, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead. That was his heart cry for us. Another amazing fact about a volcano, you ready for this, is magma. You know what magma is? When rock under the earth, under the earth crusts melt, it becomes magma. As soon as it comes out and it, the volcano erupts and flows on the surface of the, the earth, it becomes lava. So magma under the earth, lava on top of the earth. I, don't let me start about lava. But magma is incredible. It's an amazing truth for us. And if you just look at how magma forms, when the rock melts, it becomes magma, rock. So the rock melts and becomes magma. And the amazing thing is, when that pressure of the magma builds up, it causes the eruption. No matter if the world and the rocks around you are weighing down on you, 
When rock turns into magma, magma becomes lighter than the rock and it rises to the top. So when you give God a chance to come and set you alight, everything around us, the challenges, the issues in our life melts and it rises to the top. God rises our spirit and when that eruption comes, it changes everyone and everything around us. See, we have no other option than to erupt with everything God gave us. When the Holy Spirit fills us up, all the challenges, all the weight, all the stuff that weighs us down are melted away. Then our spirit rises with power. We just need to give God a chance. If you feel weighed down by life, you need the fire of God in your life so that you can rise above all those things. You see, the disciples walked and ministered with Jesus for just over three years. Three years. And they even healed the sick by Jesus' command. If you read all the Gospels, they saw miracles in their hands next to them with Jesus. But it wasn't until that one incredible day when Jesus went to heaven, that incredible day that they realized what they've been given. Of what have been heating up under the surface of their lives. Let's read it together. It's Acts 2. We all know the story very well. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where, the, where they were sitting. Then what, what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, they were about they were devoted Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Now, devoted Jews, those were the guys who crucified Jesus. They were aggressively against the new Christian movement. So they were all over in Jerusalem. And when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Then Peter stepped, verse 14, then Peter stepped forward with with the 11 of the apostles, and he shouted to the crowd. I mean, three, 4,000 people. He said, those who, and then later on, after his sermon, those who believed that Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, and about 3,000 all, 3,000 was just the men. There was way more than 3,000, because the Bible only counted men in that days. He says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostle teachings, to the fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. But then I love this last part. It says, And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Why? Because the volcano erupted. Lava was flowing, and wherever they went, they had an impact on the people around them. Suddenly they realized what was luring on the inside of them. There was magma that was like, man, the power of God was about to come. And when that Holy Spirit came with flames of fire, something ignited. And the eruption came through their lives. And they couldn't help it. They just made an impact. They didn't care who killed Jesus or who was aggressive. They just spoke and God did a miracle. Miracles upon miracles. Peter walked on the street. His shadow healing people. Jesus never did that. But there was power being released through their lives because they trusted God. You see, when we are filled with the Spirit... We have God's power in us. 
And the power that gives us the ability to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, that's what God has given us. But here's the truth of God's power. It's like melted rock. Boldness rises from in us that no man can give us. You see, nobody can stop a, an eruptive vo volcano. They can't build something and place it over the volcano and say, no, no, we'll just contain this little thing. There's no way. You see, no one can contain the power of God in your life except you. We can make a decision to step back and say, Lord, thank you. I'll rather stay a dormant volcano. I like the little bit of clouds, maybe a little bit of smoke, green grass. You see, God wants us to erupt for Him. He's building up inside of you. Sometimes you're praying or you're worshiping and you feel the stirring in your spirit. And you think, wow, Lord, what is this? That's the power of God, the Spirit of God who's a, who wants to erupt through your life, to touch others around you. The Bible is full of men and women who just did that. Full of men and women. They were touched by God and guess what? The volcano erupted. It changed lives around them, in them. I mean, wherever they went, it changed things and people around them. Everyone, every, every one of their circumstances were impacted and changed instantly, forever. No matter who you are, and, and, and maybe <laughs> if you are breathing air and alive, you are called to play, to play a part in God's kingdom story. We are. Maybe you're sitting here and say, Danny, I'm not that. No, no. You are called to play a part. You are called to make an impact. Maybe it's just an impact at your job with one person. Ananias was one guy. God sent him with the toughest mission and said, go and pray for Saul. He said, well, Lord, are you sure? That's a guy killing Christians. Yes, he's there. Go and pray for him. No, Lord, I can't do that. God had him. He went there. Saul had an encounter with God, later became Paul. He prayed for him. He discipled him for a few months. Never heard of him again. But Paul made the greatest impact in the world in the New Testament than anyone else, but without Ananias, who took him by the hand and discipled him. and said, you are going to reach what God is. Your eruption might be bigger than me, but this is my eruption. This is the power that God has given me. No matter who you are, Man, if you're breathing, God has called you to bring His power, to touch people's lives. But unfortunately, many fail to see the eruptive power of God in their lives. As you look through the Bible and through history, that God don't worry about what we believe. He just calls us anyway. He doesn't care what your circumstances, where you're at, and if you feel good or not. I, don't, I just want to feel a little bit spiritual, God. I don't care. Just come. Just do this. He doesn't care. He just wants more out of you. And if you ask why, it's because He knows what He has called you for. He knows the ability before you know your ability. He knows it. He knows it. He wants us to know our ability. One such man's name is, and, and I want to touch on one or two, and for four weeks we're going to speak about a person and learn through their life. And I want to quickly look at the man called Gideon. 
And we all know the story of Gideon. We know it pretty well. I've preached before about Gideon, but I want to share four verses of Gideon and then just quickly give us a principle out of that. So let's look at Judges 6, verse, 1, uh, verse 11 to 15. It says, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Now he was scared. If you go and read the whole story, they were in fear and trembling for the Midianites. So he's sitting underground in a wine press. I mean, <laughs> threshing weed. It's not supposed to th- thresh weed underneath you. I mean, you have to do it where the wind can blow the, the shaft away. And, but anyway, he was sitting in a hole, thrashing wheat, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Askis. So go on. Look at his response. He said, Sir, Gideon replied. He didn't know it was an angel. He said, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Because Israel has gone through a lot of tough, tough challenges. He says, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? But then the Lord turned to him. No angel anymore. The Lord. So the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Go on. But the Lord Gideon replied, But Lord, but Lord, eh, does it sound familiar? How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my entire family. I'm nobody. I'm the one at the back. That no, I'm sitting at the hole, fishing the wheat, because nobody else is too important to do it. I'm, I'm the bottom of the scale guy. But the Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites, and if you were fighting against one, as if you were fighting against one man. You see, here we see one man who loved just being the little nice volcano, sitting at the back. I love the green grass around me. It's so like a, I mean, there's a little bit of cloud. Yeah, just leave me alone. I just want to sit here in a hole and and cup my tlippy. You see, it sounds like a man that doesn't want any more issues or trouble. I just want to hang on to what God has already gave me. just want to hang on to this. Just don't let me do more. I, just, I, like, I like my space. I'm quite secure in this little space of me. Don't take me out of my comfort zone. But verse 14 sums it all up. He says, then the Lord turned to him. Listen to this. This is powerful. It's probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says, go with the strength you have. He didn't say, go with the strength I'm about to give you. No, no. He says, what you have has already been lurking underneath. I mean, that magma just needs to get more hotter and hotter because there's about to be an eruption out of your life, Gideon. I'm going to do miracles for your life. Oh, but Lord... God just says, don't worry, I'll be with you. You are a mighty hero. Go with the strength you have. I've already, the day you were born, I've given you strength. I've given you more ability that you can ever ask or pray for. I've given you this. Now it's time to just step up and do it. Long story short, as soon as Gideon stepped away from looking at his lack, He could see the more God had for him. And listen, immediately what happened? 
eruption happened. Eruption happened. There was an eruption. As soon as he started, stopped looking at his lack and what's been, Lord, this and I don't know about this, but what about this, Lord? He just trusted God, stepped over and said, Lord, I'm here. What do you want to do? Bam! God erupted through his life. He took 300 men and he defeated 100,000 through a mighty miracle of God because he trusted God. You see, God called us for time and for a generation like this. Say that. I mean, we need to say that to ourselves every day. Say, God called me for a generation like this. I might be 70, I might be 10, I might be 50. God has called you for a generation like this. Three things we can learn from Gideon, and it's not on there. You can write it down or you can remember it. Number one is Gideon had to believe he was created to make a difference. Do you believe you can make a difference in your life? Come on, you need to believe that. If you don't believe that, you are still looking at your lack, looking at the stuff that, like, what's keeping me away from all the Gideon had to believe he was created to make a difference, to make an impact. Number two, he had to stop making excuses. <laughs> Come on. How many times do we make excuses? God says, go and pray for that one. Oh, Lord, I'm just, I'm on, I'm Lord, can I come back in 10 minutes? Can I just, I had to do this, my shopping. My wife just called me, Lord, if you can handle my wife, then I'll go and pray. But at this stage, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just joking. Stop making excuses. Just say, yes, Lord. I, I mean, I have both hands up of being guilty, of missing moments where God had to, wanted to touch people with their power. And I just said, oh, Lord, not in this situation. Maybe weird when it's a bit more holy. In church, maybe. Did uh. I tell you that, that one, I was sitting here at Abiepia about a few, few years ago, and I was, I was late for a meeting in Strand. So I was just racing into the BP there at Dorp Street. I just wanted to like, put some petrol on my car, and I had to race through because, I mean, I'm, I'm already too late. The guy, and I always I said to the guy, listen, quick, quick, just fill up, 100, 200 rand, just, just fill up. And I could see the guy walking. I, I've told this testimony before, and he was limping around the car, and I said, yeah, now I get the limp guy as well. It's like I'm just, I'm late, man. And the Lord says, why don't you pray for him? I said, Lord, I'm late. I mean, this is the only meeting I'm going to. Now, can you just show up there? Don't. And the Lord's like, Henny, just, I turned, off my <laughs> turned down my window and I said, hey, shh, come here. What's wrong? No, 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 I have something fell on my feet and I can't walk. I said, can I pray for you while the gas just fills up there? Just hold your hand there. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, so I put my hand literally out of the window like this. And I said, Lord, I command this leg to be healed. Amen. Are you done? And uh, he said, yes, yes. I said, so how does your foot feel? And he went like this. And he went like, yo, 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 yo. Yo, yo, yo. And he went like this around the car. I was like, come back. It's like, just go and get the machine. I want to pay. Praise Jesus. And I took my phone at least. I took a quick selfie. And I realized and I drove away and I was crying. And I thought, Lord, man, I would have missed this moment. I would have missed this moment. I have a few moments like this in my life where I made excuses and just no more excuses. And I miss God, but... But I trust God that this will be a year where we will stop making excuses and step into what God wants us to do. Because He wants to do miracles through your life. Just trust Him. Just be bold enough to step over and say, you know what? God loves you.
Can I pray for you? And if you feel like the stupidest human being on earth, just be obedient and pray, and God will amaze you. He will amaze you. Maybe it's just a word of like, you know what? Man, you look lovely today. God loves you. You're incredible. Number three, what we learned from Gideon is to be prepared to believe God. Be prepared to step out in faith, to step over that chicken line. You know, that's line of boldness said, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray for someone today aloud. Whew, big one. But just do it and trust him. That's what Gideon had to stop looking at the lack and trust God with the more. And God gave him even more than that. Isn't that amazing? In the next three weeks, we're going to look at the attitude of Paul. How's your attitude like in life? Because it can keep you from erupting with God's power. We're going to look at the boldness of Peter. How bold is you when God says, when you, when you go and do that? Just maybe. Because your boldness can keep you from a miracle, from erupting for more, seeing more of God's power. And then we're going to look at the courage of Esther. How courageous of you when God says, I want you to be courageous, to do this when nobody else will go. Not to the moon, don't worry. But just do what God has called us to do. I believe that that God's going to take us with this series to a new place. To something new, a new place where you ask, Lord, I want to see more in my life. I'm tired of just playing church and playing Christian and doing this, but I want to see miracles. I want to see things change. When I pray for someone, I want to hear a testimony of his goodness that was released to their lives. Because when this volcano erupts, it needs to make an impact. It has to make an impact. You know what? It will make an impact. If you're filled with the fullness of God, man, it changes things around you. Can we pray? Amen. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness, for who you are. Wow, Lord, we are excited for your incredible, incredible blessing that you've given us, Lord. More than enough. More than enough, Father. Lord, I pray that you release something in our hearts today. That you release something that we start to believe what you have given us. That we will stop making excuses and we will step step out in faith to say, Lord, here I go. I'm trusting you. I'm expectant for miracles. I'm expectant for good news. I'm expectant for more of you, Father. And maybe you hear this morning and said, Lord, I repent for missing it for so long. I know you're not mad at me. I know you don't judge me. You love me more than it. But I don't want to miss this anymore. I want to step out in faith. I want to see more of you, Father. If you're here this morning and you feel like, Lord, I want this magma to be hotter, to rise above the surface. This rocks that's been weighing me down needs to melt under the presence and the power of God. Why don't you just put your hand on your heart? All our eyes are anyway closed, so it's just between you and God. So Lord, this morning, I want to feel and experience more of you. I want you to ignite something in, my, in me. 
I want you to ignite something so that I can be an ignition for others. I want to have an encounter with you, Lord, so that I can take the encounter to others. Father, I pray that you change my heart to realize what you've given me. And not just be a passive Christian, but to be actively involved. Actively involved, longing for more, desiring for more, hunger for more, Lord. Lord, I pray for a shift today, every hand on every heart, that there will be a shift in their lives right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. Right now. Thank you that we don't have to be religious. <laughs> but thank you that you've given us grace and relationship out of that grace, Father. For more of you, more of you, Father. As you're standing there, just pray. And if you want to whisper and pray, say, Father, thank you for more. Thank you for more, Father. More of you. Lord, change my desire from things of this world to things of God. I also pray for for this just condemnation that's on our shoulders stuff in our lives that's been keeping us from God stuff that the enemy throws in front of us every time we feel and we experience God and we want to go deeper and the enemy throws this in front of us and Father I want to release that off of people today that you when you hung, hung on that cross you paid Everything, everything, not just 80% or 90, not just you paid 120, you paid everything forever. You made the payment so that there will be no condemnation for those who are in Christ, that they will be alive in their spirit and death in their, I mean, that our flesh will not rule, but our spirit will rule. So, Lord, come. May our church be known as a church that love you and know your power and seek your encounters. Not to be embarrassed, but to experience the true fullness of our God, our Savior, our King. God, may we never die one day with family not knowing what impact we made. But that people around us will tell of the impact and the testimonies and the good things of our lives. May they say, wow, this is what he or she has done. Let's celebrate that. Let's say thank you, Father, for the impact they made on lives around them. Lord, we want to be like that. We want to have good stories and good testimonies. Incredible stories of God's goodness through our lives. And Lord, I pray this not just as a religious prayer. I pray it in, in the name of Jesus. Because the word says, no, 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 every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that He is God. There's no other name like His. In that name, 
I pray this this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstalenbosch.co.za.